My name is Angela Cox and I am the Mindset Mentor and this is the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. Now my aim is to discover and share the secrets of success. You'll hear engaging and uplifting interviews with business leaders at the top of their game, all primed to deliver bucketfuls of value and inspiration. We'll bring practical tips, success strategies, and golden nuggets of motivation to help you unleash your absolute potential. Now, please do like, share, and leave a review if you love this podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thanks for listening, and let's jump in now and meet this week's fabulous guest. My guest today is Hanukkah Faber. Now, she is the president of Foods and Refreshments at Unilever and a member of the Unilever Executive. Now, what I find fascinating is that she speaks five languages, has lived in four countries, has three children and two degrees. So all I can say is what a woman for one woman. Welcome to the show, Hanukkah. It is an absolute joy and a privilege to have you on the show. Tell me, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much, Angela. It's uh, really fun to be with you. Now, you're over in Amsterdam um, at the moment, and I'm obviously in the UK. I'm interested to hear just um, a little bit about what lockdown is like for you just now. <laughs> sure. Um, well, we like to say here that it's an intelligent lockdown, so I don't think it's been quite as strict as in the UK. Um, stores have stayed open the entire times. Um, schools have back up about six weeks ago um and you know keep fingers crossed but since the schools have opened up it's not at all like cases have exploded and the icus can manage just fine now so but again you know we may only just be at the beginning of this so um we're all just kind of holding our breath and hoping that people stick to the social distancing rules and I like I like the fact that you mentioned the word intelligent in all of that because I think if we could all adopt that thinking um, we could maybe get back to, to what is going to be whatever our normal is. So it's nice to hear that the children are back and it isn't having too much impact on the numbers of cases. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And, and I always start the podcast with getting you into the success mindset because this is what this is all about. And, and so I ask you to have what I call the shake your pom-poms moment. Um, which is about you feeling able to share your three proudest moments from your life. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So to shake the pom-pom moment, I, I, would, I will start with family. So, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of having three children who turned out relatively normal. <laughs> <laughs> My husband's my husband's American. I'm Dutch. They grew up in Switzerland, partly in the U.S., partly in Holland. Um, they speak four languages. They grew up with four. So I always said, you know, they're either going to be brilliant or incredibly confused. <laughs> Hopefully, um, and actually now they're they're all teenagers. One's already in college. They've all turned out like really good people. So so that's definitely a proud moment. And then I think business wise, you know, you you there's been so many fun moments along the way. You know, I'm really proud when I worked at Ajo de Liz, um, which is one of the world's biggest grocery retailers. We took their e-commerce business from a billion to over 3 billion in four years. So that was 
growth journey and one I'm really proud of. And right now at Unilever, where I lead the foods business, you know, I'm just proud of how we grow business with purpose always at the core of what we do. So just this week, we announced um, new climate commitments. And I'm really proud. So it's just a moment of this week, but we announced it will be a net zero emissions company from all our products by 2039, which is 11 years ahead of the Paris Agreements. We'll announce that we'll be deforestation free by 23. And that will um, start from today, a new 1 billion euro climate and nature funds funded by our brands. So, you know, those moments make me proud that I'm working for a company and look at, you know, what do we do today, but really looks ahead and tries to avert the next crisis, honestly. It's absolutely incredible to hear. And those dates aren't too long away. And I guess lockdown has given us that ability to, to know that we can achieve the impossible. Because the fact that, you know, we've managed to, lots of businesses have managed to get people working from home practically overnight has, has demonstrated that these things can be achieved with the right thinking and the right attitude. So it's lovely to hear you talk about the, the plans that you've got and that they are so purpose driven. Um, but also to hear you talk about your children as well and that kind of role modelling behaviour that, that you've been able to, to do that has, has helped them to grow into the wonderful humans that they are. So it's a really nice blend of, of work and family. Now, my own children were very impressed with the fact that I was going to be speaking to the lady who is responsible for ice cream. <laughs> that has given you huge amounts of kudos in my house. Um, yeah. And I know that your role is, is, you know, so much wider than that, but it'd be lovely if you could give us kind of an overview of your career to date and, and some of the highlights that you've had along the way. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, in my house, the ice cream is also a big hit. So. <laughs> you know, we've never had as many friends as of my youngest over um, I can imagine. at the uh, Ben and Jerry's fridge. So, <laughs> um, well, yeah, no, I, um, you know, I didn't think I was going to be in business even. So I, I studied journalism, first thought I would be a journalist. And in fact, during college, worked at a couple of newspapers, both in the U.S. where I went to college and, and here in Holland, where I'm from. But then kind of almost accidentally, I had a year of athletic scholarship left. So I needed to do something with that. I got an MBA and then I started working at Procter & Gamble and discovered I really liked business and marketing um, and ended up staying with Procter & Gamble um, for almost 20 years. So in four different countries, which was super cool. I worked in, in Holland to start with and in Greece, worked in Switzerland, worked in the United States, always, you know, in beauty care or, or what they call feminine care. So always in Tampax, but also Olay and Team and Head and Shoulders. Really, really enjoyed it. Great company. And then after 20 years, I got an opportunity. I got a call from a, um, you know, from a headhunter. So would you be interested in, in working in retail? And I thought, wow, you know, I can do another 10 years of P&G and probably retire, which was kind of you know, scary thought. So <laughs> I, I decided to to make a change, learn something new. Had a great opportunity to work at Ajo Deleuze, which is a big um, grocery company globally, ran their e-commerce business. Um, and as I said, really proud of how we grew that really exponentially in the years I was there. And then, you know, missed the shampoos a little bit <laughs> and went to Unilever. I knew Paul Pullman, our previous CEO from P&G, and he asked me to come and run the European business at Unilever. So that's about two and a half years ago. And, you know, loving, loving this company because it is so purpose-led. You know, our purpose is to make sustainable living commonplace. And that's 
you know, just such a great way to be morning and think, you know, what am I going to do today to grow the business by making sustainable living commonplace? So really loving that. And of course, the ice cream, too. <laughs> Always the ice cream. And and what's what's really striking me about that is this idea that you have moved from country to country with your career. Has that coincided with your time as a mum as well? And, and thinking about that, then, has there ever been any fear around, you know, that that bigger move? And, and how have you coped with that? Yeah, I think, you know, you really make these moves as a family. So my oldest was born in Greece. And uh, he's a boy. And then the two girls were born in Switzerland and they've all lived in multiple countries. I, I think when kids are little, it's pretty simple to pick them up and, you know, move. <laughs> it's a little trickier when they're, you know, young teenagers. So they have to have a say. And fortunately, I think especially my husband, of course, he needs to have a say as well. And and we made some trade-offs over the years, you know, where, where, where I maybe, you know, didn't exactly do what was maybe the best for the career. And there was certainly times when he also made sacrifices. So you have to do this as a team. And fortunately, my husband is super adventurous and also super supportive um, of my career. And and he definitely, you know, implanted the, the sense of adventure in the children as well. So they always love moving actually and, and discovering new places, new schools, new friends. And, and that making new friends is is can be a challenge for many people. So how have you found that aspect of it settling into a new place and getting to know people yeah i i actually think kids are a great way because you know they have school they have friends and 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 you know we often tend to become friends with the parents of of them of, of their their friends and of course you know through work through volunteering through through other ways you know you, you meet people and i i just found myself very very lucky that you know we we have had the opportunity to live in different countries get to know different people and cultures that's been super fun yeah and it's so brave as well it's lovely to hear you talk about it and and i'm guessing with a career like you've had and it's you know long and, and lots of success as part of it i'm guessing there's been tough times along the way as well um so what are one of the things that we always explore on the podcast is the lessons that you've learned and how they've shaped you um so it'd be good if you could open up a little bit about that yeah you know i i think this time in our all of our lives um, is definitely you know a time of adversity. Um, maybe I use this, these 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 past few months and, and probably the months ahead as an example. So um, at a, at a business level, you know, sadly we've had fatalities amongst Unilever's employees. We've seen parts of our business really struggle. For example, one of my businesses is a business that serves. Uh, restaurants, cafes, food service. And of course, their business has fallen apart. Yeah. And we're also seeing hunger and unemployment in many of the communities we operate in. So I think my lessons from this so far, because we're not out of it yet, is um, the first thing would be, you know, really put people first. So in the middle of March, you know, we're all like, oh my God, what's happening? But um, as a Unilever leadership team, we said, we got to put our people first. So we announced a hundred million euro donation in food and soap. We announced 500 million of cash relief to our small suppliers, many of whom just needed extensions of credit because they couldn't pay. Mm -hmm. We also launched a three month commitment to our own employees to keep everyone, including temporary workers, contractors, everyone on the payroll for three months. And that just gave some, you know, rest and, 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 and good feelings in the organization, which then allowed us to move on and say, okay, what are we going to do to grow the business in this completely new environment? 
So that, that's the stage we're in now. And, and I think there's actually a number of trends that we think will be with us for many years to come. Mm -hmm. Some of those fast. So things like, you know, obviously, you know, health and immunity is a big trend. So products like Lipton Immune Boost are doing really, really well. Yes. Everyone's ordering everything online. So our ice cream delivery is working very, very well. We're very focused there. So there, there's other trends, but really looking at, you know, what's changed, what's here to stay, and how do we grow to business for another hundred years despite these changes? And then I think finally communicate, 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 you know, everyone's working from home has really flattened our hierarchy. So in the past, I may have done like, you know, a quarterly video once, once every three months to, um, to the people in, in my organization. And there's, you know, 30, 40,000 of them. We would prepare that weeks in advance, be really slick, you know, was, yes. now, you know, I do a weekly live town hall meeting, the content's prepared the day before it's mostly an A people, you know, it's, it's totally two way back and forth. People can vote on questions so that I'm sure that we answer the most important questions. It is so completely different. So, um, so I think all of those learnings, you know, people first, then move fast to capture what's new and communicate. I'll, I'll take all those three learnings along and I think they will help me in the future as well, despite the, you know, the fact that this is a difficult period. Mm, that's, it's that agility, isn't it? That ability to be able to flex the way that you work to yeah. meet the current situation. And I'd, be interested to, I'd be interested to hear how your people are managing. So, you know, when you're having this two-way dialogue on the town halls, what are the sorts of things that you're hearing just now from your people? Yeah, well, I think everyone is really impressed with the many people who work in our supply chain, in our factories, um, because unlike, you know, us office workers, they're not home in front of Skype. They're, you know, just going to work every day, eating their nations. You know, we're a company and people need to eat. So, you know, our, our colleagues in our, in our factories need to be at work to feed people. Yeah. So we're all, you know, super impressed by their work. Um, and of course, you know, we're doing everything in our power to protect them as, as best as we can. And, and you'll see, um, if you were to visit one of our plants right now, which is not allowed, <laughs> um, because we have to protect our people, but they look like hospitals with the same, you know, protective equipment with the same protocols as you would see in a hospital. So that's definitely a sentiment that comes through very loud and clear. I think the other thing that I've really been impressed with is what you just mentioned, mentioned Angela, agility. So we had big parts of our business that really fell apart. You know, I mentioned the food service business. If you're selling to restaurants, basically you had nothing to do. Within a couple of weeks, we redeployed more than 3,000 people to other their jobs <laughs> because wow. we wanted them to contribute and they just their their day jobs had fallen away so they went to work on e-commerce or on cash collection or on other things that were necessary and i've just been so impressed with their agility and in the end i think it's great for the business obviously but it's also really good for people because many of them have said wow it's been so fun to learn new skills yeah. and, you know like i've developed and, and also that idea that you know so many people place their value their self-value on the work that they do so when suddenly work dries up it can have such an impact on self-worth so the fact that you've been able to create opportunities for people to pin back into 
it's huge from a mental health perspective so it's really good to hear that you're absolutely right you know we do identify ourselves with our jobs so it's been absolutely critical and so bringing it back to you and and kind of your personal journey one of the things i'd be keen to understand is what your personal drives are and what motivates you to, to get up every morning and get out there and and do your job yeah so I, I really would say purpose is what gets me up in the morning. So for me personally, my purpose is to do well by doing good. Oh. And and it's by, not and, because it's not so hard to do well, you know, grow your business or whatever you want to do well at and do good, you know, donate some money on the side, whatever. Yep. It, it, it's really Bye. do well by doing good. So, but I find that really exciting. Um, so how does that translate? you know, to, to my work, you know, in, in the foods business that I lead purpose is incredibly relevant. So the world has a billion hungry people. It also has a billion overweight people based one third of all the food that's produced and 25% of greenhouse gases are from the foods industry. So I feel a huge responsibility as a big foods player to fight for a fairer, healthier, and more sustainable food system. And by doing that, growing the business. So doing well by doing good. So that's what we try to do. And and I very much believe that brands that, you know, brands have with purpose grow faster. Mm-hmm. Whether you look at Ben and Jerry's or Hellman's, you know, or some of our other brands, they have very clear purposes and they do grow fast. So, um, so I'm excited about that. And that's really what gets me up in the morning. And there's something there for the consumer to, to hook into as well, isn't there? When there's a purpose and it's values led, you, you have something to follow rather than just buy. Absolutely. You're spot on. You know, of course, our products need to be superior. It needs to be really yummy ice cream. And then <laughs> Price. But in the end, you know, we believe we're not the only ones who can make yummy ice cream at a good price. Mm-hmm. To stand for something is really key. Absolutely. Um, just this past two weeks has been just a great example. You know, they, they've always been about social and environmental justice. But what they've done in the last couple of weeks supporting Black Lives Matter, because they've supported Black Lives Matter for four years, they could come out and be very strong on saying end white supremacy. Um, you know, how brave and daring. And then do something about that because they were already in that community. It's not just tokenism. For this, no, this it's not just, honest. oh my God, we just realized, you know, that this was a trend. No, 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 no. They've been there forever um, and therefore can have a really strong point of view. Good to hear. And and I love that that phrase, the do well by doing good, because actually that is applicable in, in all aspects of life as well. But not just work and career, but but just the way that you show up. So let, let's talk about that and how do you take care of your mindset, your mental health, your physical health, so that you can do well by doing good. Yeah, so great point. <laughs> so I, I was um I was a competitive athlete growing up, and so this do well by doing good, you know, very much also applies to sports or, or life in general. But definitely, you know, sports and is is definitely one of the ways that um that I I stay sane. Uh, <laughs> Um, so I, um, you know, I, I, again, in COVID times, it's changed a little bit, but, um, uh, the silver lining of COVID has been that we've had all three children at home and every single day we do these crazy workouts in the backyard led by <laughs> 15. So she's, she's pretty tough. 
active swimmer. So she really puts all of us through the ringer. I don't know if you've heard of this CrossFit thing called Merck. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what she makes us do. <laughs> and trust me, you know, you, you know this, you can't think of anything but in how much pain you are during the Merck. So it really takes your mind off. <laughs> but luckily you can do that together as a family as well that connectivity is so crucial at the moment isn't it yes you're right you're right so you love to do sports so when you say that you were athletic as a as a child and as a teenager what was that about what were you doing that in yeah so i was a i was a springboard diver um, oh wow so um i you know, I, I, I was, I, I was a Dutch national champion on the national team. And then through my sports, I got an opportunity to attend university in the United States on an athletic scholarship. So, you know, that certainly was a, a, a crucial crucible moment in my life and career, because my parents would never have been able to send me to America. That would have been way too expensive. So, um, to have a chance early on to, to study in a different country, um, you know, to completely see a different culture, to learn English really well. I mean, I arrived in the U S with virtually no English, you know, that, that was just an amazing gift. So I'll be forever grateful to, you know, the university of Houston to sports for giving me that opportunity. So cool. So cool. So. So you you were a champion, and do you still sort of get involved in the sport now? Oh, not as much as I'd like. So um, my daughters have dabbled in diving, but um, <laughs> then, so, um, but they do other sports, and I you know I love I love getting involved with that. So I said my youngest is a swimmer, so I volunteer as a as a timer. You know, <laughs> someone's hold the the stopwatch. <laughs> And, and, you know, we love to play tennis with, with my son and uh, my middle one is a good golfer. That's unfortunately one sport that I am no good at. So um, I just go watch her. <laughs> so, um, but it, I, it feels like it's in your blood because you've grown up with sport. And, and for so many people, it's actually a chore because they didn't grow up that way. And so to try and fit exercise into the daily routine, it can be really tough. And there are lots of excuses that get in the way of that. That was certainly me, actually, for about 36 years of my life. Oh, wow. And so to hear you say that it's it's part of what you do, one of the things that's bringing into my mind is how do you balance finding time for that finding time for your family and having this enormous job that you have how do you juggle all the balls yeah you know there is some great advice that I got years ago when I first became a general manager at Procter and Gamble um uh, one of one of the other general managers a woman who was much, much more senior than me she took me aside and she said listen there's only four things in life really there's you your husband your children and your job Okay, that sounds, you know, really, that sounds, sounds about right. And then she goes, you can only do two of them right. I'm like, oh no, that's horrible. <laughs> and then she goes, at least rotate. <laughs> <laughs> that was so true, actually. You know, it was kind of halfway meant funny, but it is very true. You know, there's times in your life when you only have time to be, you know, a mom and do your job. Certainly, I felt like that when my kids were little, you know, when I had under five it was it's all a blur I don't remember anything but I was I was just that's that's all I was doing there was no time for me there was no time for my husband um but now that they're bigger you know certainly you know there's there's still time for work but there's also time for my husband and sometimes even for me and and sometimes I actually try and cheat and there you can actually do more than two like I said you know I, 
all of us. So then we put different things together. But I think, you know, in the end, that's good advice because don't try to be too perfect and do everything perfectly at the same time because it's just not important. That is just brilliant. So this idea of focusing on one or two things, doing those to the best of your ability, and then if you have to put a ball down, pick another one up, that's okay. Yes. And there will be time to pick up those other balls. Absolutely. And, and you're right. Those early years with children, there isn't much space for anything else. But as you say, as they grow up, you do get more time together as a couple and, as you say, time for yourself as well. Yeah. Brilliant advice. And so we're at the fun part of the podcast now. I'm going to put you <laughs> under immense pressure. I know that you can do this. We play something called the five second game rule. And I'm going to ask you a question which demands three answers from you in five seconds. Oh, five my minutes. goodness. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> You'll be fabulous. I just know it. So in the five second game rule, can you give me three books that have influenced you? All right. I just finished the Churchill biography by Andrew Roberts, which was excellent. Um, and of course, it's incredibly inspiring to, mm. you know, read about how he really lived about 20 lives in one life. Like, enormously well. I am now reading, and I'm probably the last person on the planet to finish this book, uh, La Peste by Albert Camus, um, because oh. I COVID, we need to read it. It's a little depressing, honestly, so I'm looking for <laughs> And um, a last book that's influenced me, I would say, was Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, which is another classic, but um, his his thesis of, you know, success is, is 10,000 hours and luck. I very much that. You need to work hard, but also let's realize it for everyone who has, you know, some level of success, just realize there's some luck involved there and be grateful, count your blessings. Oh, that's a lovely sentence, isn't it? And, and it's that idea of there's no such thing as an overnight success in terms of the hard work, even mm -hmm. that right place, right time thing really plays into that, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. And then I guess the, the killer question that I have for you today, and, and I'm really keen to understand what you're going to say for this one. What do you think is the absolute secret to success? Oh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not sure there is such a thing, honestly, but you know, I, like I just said, I, I really subscribe to, to Gladwell's theory. You know, you need loads of practice to really master something. He calls it 10 hours, but you also need a bit of luck to be truly successful. So Gladwell uses Bill Gates and, and top Canadian hockey players as example, but I, I think I could be an example myself. So, you know, as a teenager, I, I, I became a national champion springboard diver. Um, I, that didn't just happen. You know, I spent four hours in the pool every day, part of that at 6 a.m. in the morning. But at the same time, I was also super lucky because the best coach in Holland coached at the pool in my neighborhood. And that was only one of five pools in all of Holland who offered diving at all. Wow. So it was plain luck. <laughs> so, and then diving then allowed me to study in the U.S. And that taught me so many things that benefited me later in my career. So, you know, I'll be forever grateful to that. And again, that's partly hard work, but partly luck. So I think that's what, you know, in the end drives success for most. So that, that dedication and deliberate practice over and over again, so that you can refine and, and get it as perfect as you can, but then that element of being in the right place in the right line. And then so, lovely to see the opportunities that unravel as a result. Yeah. That's right. That might be a third, you know, take those opportunities. I, you know, I, I have worked in four countries and whenever the opportunity 
for another job in another country, you know what? We packed up and we said, let's go do it. So you you also have to have a little bit of that um, hubris. Yeah, it's real courage, isn't it? To kind of step mm -hmm. out of your comfort zone into the unknown. And you've mm -hmm. demonstrated that you've done that. And, and, you know, we can see the success that it's brought for you. Um, I wish I had another half an hour to talk to you because it's just <laughs> fascinating. And there's so many things we could talk about, like vulnerability and, and oh, just loads of things. But you have been so wonderful and, and honest. And it's, it's nice actually to have been, you know, had a glimpse into your life, but also to hear more about Unilever and, and the things as a business that you're doing um over the next few years to make the world a better place so thank you for generously coming on and giving us your time and uh, i hope you've enjoyed it and uh, have a wonderful rest of your day thank you so much angela this is fun and uh, i think i picked up a few tips from you too sounds like uh, you're getting a lot of great life lessons from the podcast absolutely you take good care all right bye bye I do hope that you enjoyed listening to the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. If you did, be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links. For more about me, visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk. Now, I'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode. And do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed. Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.